0: Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking. Or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress,
1: welcome to The Drummer and the Great Mountain good morning welcome to the drummer and the great mountain podcast the power of self-compassion that is our topic today that is what we're going to talk about as always with my good friend and the author of the book michael joseph ferguson hello my friend how are you good morning good morning so where did this uh how did this topic come up for you it's a great one um tell me the impetus of it where did where did it come from how did it come through
0: yeah, so this is something that's come up with two recent coaching clients. Uh, same exact theme popped in, and uh, it was primarily uh, coming out of uh, why is it that I can sit down and have all have a goal for the day, sit down and say I'm going to do this, and you do you you make no <laughs> like some part of you stops yourself and you just cannot get yourself to sit down and do whatever it is or, you know, do whatever the task is. And it just feels like there's some obstinate. It's like that. I, the vision of like, if you're a drive down like a a road in some like rural town and there's a dog just laying in the middle of the road and it just will stay there. (laughs) You have to drive. It's completely obstructs your view. There's no way to motivate yourself to do it. You're completely stuck. You're at zero. You don't get anything done. And so I, this, There there you go. It's like there's – and so we're going to talk about what is that part of you that has the power to do that, to – like no matter what you think in terms of the goals that you set, the intentions you have, this part of you that goes, no, we're not doing that. Like what is that? What is that part of you and how do you make connection with it and then also turn it around so you actually can get things done?
1: Beautiful. Yeah, I look forward to talking about that. Before that, I did want to share something that um, actually came through Michael listening to one of our podcast listeners, and I was just feeling this, and I just wanted to at least share part of it, um, and then get your thoughts on it, Michael, because it's beautiful. Um, so in, in, in this listener was telling us that they stumbled onto the concept that we're like a specific species of animal. We're perfect for who we are. And yet, we still have to make adaptations and adjustments to better bring our gifts into the world and interface well with others from outside of our species. Uh, that's, that is a really cool realization and I guess a framing of, of what it is to be a 100-type. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I, I was really – Uh, enjoyed reading that that that's what came from one of our listeners
0: yeah I love that I think that was those from a conversation I had with uh, one of our our podcast listeners and yeah I think that's a really accurate it's a slightly different take and I like it just like we're just the different you don't think of one species of animal that is better or worse than another it's just we're just different and yet we still have to interact but we have a specific diet specific habitat um, and you know that's how we thrive and so You know, uh, a penguin's not going to feel jealous that it's not like, you know, a polar bear or something like that. They're, it's a completely different species of animal. It's got its own needs. And, and yet we hunter types tend to look at people that are a little more farmer like and go, Oh, I wish I could just be like that person where it's just, they're a completely different species in some way. So we have to just take, make our, we have to make our adaptations and maybe, you know, integrate some of that. So that we could actually, I mean, some of the, the farmer tendencies are helpful to start integrating in, you know, like as far as building routines and things like that, things that are not uh, innate for us that we do. It, it's helpful to have some of that, but uh, also to not compare and find our own way of, of moving to the world. The imagery
1: that came across when you were talking there for me is a personal experience. Maybe others can share and um in in what I'm what I'm saying here is you know the for a hunter type the many times I've attempted to be a regular gym goer and take care of myself and my health uh, typical hunter type I've done it for a period of time then fallen out of routine and then come back and fallen out of routine and rinse and repeat and in those times w- whenever I come back to the gym I've seen the same people I did when I was on my routine and and you can just tell by the way they carry themselves they're farmer types in the sense that going to the gym is, is a, not a struggle for them. And I've talked to some of these people and I'm not saying they're bodybuilders for life, like their job. These are, you know, lawyers, doctors, computer programmers like me, but come five o'clock, you know, it's like the Flintstone scene that that bell rings and the gym is the first place they go. And it's not a struggle for them. And I know some of these people, this is just the way their lives have been since they were like in their early twenties. It's like it's five o'clock, I go to the gym five times a week. This is where I am at five o'clock and it's, I've always come across and away from like talking to them or just observing them with just like feelings of guilt and the opposite of self-compassion and just like beating myself up. Like what, what a crappy person you are. This is me in dialogue with myself that you can't do this. They do it. Why isn't, why isn't it a struggle for them? And then there is that weird feeling of jealousy, like, like I'm jealous of their ability for this not to be a struggle for them. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of how I relate to, to, you know, the imagery of which you came across with there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think understanding like, you know, what's underneath that, there's that, that need for consistency that I think most center hunter types have. You know, that's, you know, consistency within ourselves, you know, that we can set the goal and move towards it and and maintain, maintain that. And I think part of that comes from speaking personally on this journey of of having lots of struggles with this in the past and, and still struggling with it a bit, but feeling a more like definitely settled the last, say, five to 10 years. It's more about how you do it and what what does consistency mean to you? You have to almost redefine it. So that you can have a sense of accomplishment and forward motion.
1: So it sounds like it's an art form. This 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 thing we're going to try to practice as hunter type So tell me, let's get into it. How how do we begin this this journey of self compassion and how do we go about it? What have you found works?
0: Yeah, well, this was a big revelation for me. I think this was what I would say if I look back on my life. There's like the early twenties health, you know, understanding that how exercise and diet affected my overall health was huge second big revelation was figuring out that c- kind of getting to the place where I set goals and I never accomplished accomplished them and then I was like "Well, what is this part of me that continually stops me uh, and takes the controls and keeps me from from doing what I want to do and that led me on the journey to just understanding you know what is this emotional part of me that has such control over everything else that can just completely stop me from doing things. And, uh, and again, this came up with talking with clients this week, and I have wrote about it in the book, but I, I, I felt like this needs to be covered. So um, I think the key is w- with this, the, in, the, in Buddhist terms, I think what was helpful to me in framing it was there's a term called Maitri, which basically means loving compassion for oneself. And what seems to what happened with me was when I started to recognize that uh, I could try to will myself into like okay I have this goal I'm just gonna push and push and push and get it it, it never worked it never worked but what st- what actually did work was when I sat down and started to uh, tune into myself. And be like – and and ask myself, why am I not able to accomplish this? And I started doing some journaling. And and what I found was that there was this sort of inner child little kid part of me that it's just like, I don't want to do this. Or like – or I think more importantly, when you're in this mode of hyper focus, you're completely disconnected from your body and therefore you're doing harm to yourself in a sense i was actually losing connection with the part of me i wasn't integrated i was kind of going into my head and then uh i would kind of tune into my body after there was some kind of physical pain or i was exhausted but there was no sense of in the moment awareness of like all of me all of the parts and so uh once i started doing some work on that and and to simplify and then we'll go more deep into it. I would sit down and journal and be like, and ask myself what, what, what's going on? And I would just allow myself to just get into the feelings of just like, I hate this. I don't want to be doing this right now. You know, I've been doing, been working like for four hours. I'm tired. And it was surprising to see like, this is where my emotional self was that I felt was very distant from what was in my head and uh, so once i started to think to to adjust my patterns to, to work with uh, okay i'm going to work for an hour and i would actually journal this i'm like like, a, like me to like a little kid inside me i i'd say hey let's let's work on this for like 1 hour and then we'll take a break walk around the block or something come back you know reward myself maybe watch something funny and then come back and do a little more work and when i started to make those distinctions inside myself and have that inner conversation, it was miraculous. I could get – I was far more productive Hmm. and I was enjoying myself more and I wasn't like bludgeoning myself because I wasn't doing the thing that I wanted to do. So what what ended up – what happened with me is I became way more effective. I understood the thing that kept holding me back and I found a tool, i.e. journaling and then eventually even just talking to myself in the moment, just kind of going just tuning into that part of me and going, wow, I'm feeling really exhausted right now. I need to take a break. And I don't always do this. Sometimes I can get in my head and not do it, but I understand when I get to a, a place where I'm blocked, what I need to do to get back. Wow. And so this is sort of, and there's so many different uh, disciplines involved here. We'll talk about nonviolent communication again, Buddhist uh meditation techniques are very helpful in terms of quieting your mind down so you can actually feel yourself and connect in with these deeper parts of yourself so all of those practices were very helpful but no matter where you are you can start from just personal awareness and if you can't even connect with that part of you then it's just a matter of go to body awareness go to okay, I know that I work for an hour, I should get up and take a break and, and then come back. It's that hunt, you know, go for the hunt, take a break, go for a walk, move around and then come back. Don't just burn and burn and burn and burn. And this is part of the other side of hyper-focus is if you don't take breaks, you work really hard and then you burn out.
1: What I get from, and thank you for sharing that because I, I was just trying to kind of piece it all together from the beginning when you talked about the inner child and how you said the, the when you tapped into it, the inner child was saying, I hate this, as in what I have to do. Yeah. But what I gathered from that is that not only that, but a lot of us, if we get to that place, for you, the vehicle to getting there sounded like it was um, journaling. Yeah. Was that I imagine some of us will get to a place. Now if it's journaling, if it's meditation, whatever it is for you to get to this place, so this is an art form that we're talking about. It's it's a discipline yeah. to develop, is that you might find not only you're saying I hate this, maybe you're finding like some people talking right now, you actually find yourself that there's voices saying, I hate myself. I don't like myself. I don't like the way yeah. I've done this. What why I, I know in the moment that you're talking about that my voices are, are are definitely very, very, very much hard on the very fact. Like, like here I am at the gym. Let's use this as an example. The reasons I find before I get there of me not wanting to go and just wanting to go home is, well, why would you go? You're going to fail again anyways. Yeah. You're going to gain that weight back anyways. You're 40 years old. You know the – I find that when I go there, that's what's going – the reason of not wanting to go to the gym is not laziness. It's this other yeah. thing. Yeah, but when you turn it. that around and start working on things and find ways to, and it may be an inner child, you know, not to get too Freudian or too deep. Neither one of us has yeah. a psych degree, but it's, it's sure. so important. And I, and I think you're right that at time in my times when I'm doing well, right, we all fall down. Like you just described those voices instead turn to, you have done this before
0: yeah,
1: and you can do it again. And it's, it's about the long distance run. It's not about the short, if you're judging yourself and you're hard on yourself as a hunter type, you might find that it's because you think everything, because that's what a hunter type is, is about the sprint. It's about if I don't go and get all the stuff done and I'm not perfect in the short run, then I'm nothing. Whereas you have to realize that life is the long distance run. So that's just my input from, from what you
0: described. You know what? That's really great. And you know, I think what stands out to me is that you, you know, that voice that goes, it's not going to work. You, you know, you're just going to fall again. And, and so this is, so want to segue into this because I, as I was doing this work, I think in my early thirties and really kind of feeling like really finding some traction on it. Uh, the movie rain man, uh, which I think most of you have, have seen Tom Cruise, uh, Dustin Hoffman is the absolute, perfect metaphor i've never seen anyone write about this so i feel like this this is definitely uh a revelation to me is that movie contains the perfect metaphor for this so let's explore it so if, if for most of you have seen story, seen the movie tom cruise plays the hard driven brother who's who's uh he's very goal-driven very harsh uh very mental very intelligent uh no compassion has doesn't really have much compassion. He's very just focused on the goal. Uh, he's, he's he's an entrepreneur. He's very successful, and then he finds out his dad passes away, and he leaves all his money to this brother he didn't know he had, who was Dustin Hoffman. And Dustin Hoffman is autistic, and uh, has he, he's extremely sensitive. Uh, but he's got these magical powers. He has these abilities to count things. And like he's, he's got clearly these like a perfect memory. There's things that, that he has that are extremely impressive, but very volatile. Uh, And so as the movie goes on, you start to see that uh, Tom Cruise in the beginning is trying to get Ray, the the Dustin Hoffman character to LA so they can go and try to get his money out of the, uh, for his part of the the money from the dad and uh so he basically kidnaps the brother brings him cross country and of course ray as you recall like is hypersensitive has never left this home uh that he's been in for such a long time and so every time tom cruise tries to push him harder and push him harder ray just completely melts down and takes completely takes the controls and he, ha- Tom Cruise, is forced to make a different decision. So, you know, most of you have seen that. So, but the magical thing that starts to happen is Tom Cruise's character learns compassion. He starts to see that this is his brother. He finds love and compassion for his brother. He starts to slow down and adapt. And over time, they start to become a team to the point where, and this is sort of the culmination, they go to Vegas. Ray's ability to have this perfect memory was able to, he's able to do some card counting and makes all of Tom Cruise's money back that he had lost in some recent business deal. And so I, that's a very short summary, but that metaphor is perfect for us. Which is that we have a goal driven everyone has it. Everyone has this kind of goal driven self that wants to do things, wants to accomplish things. So that is like the Tom Cruise character. And this is the the same voice that you were just talking about that bludgeons us that goes, ah, you're never gonna be good enough. It's you know, you fell last time. That's the Tom Cruise character. Hmm. And but you would never treat yourself that way. Like you would <laughs> never treat well, you would never treat your child that way. You no. wouldn't do that to your, your kid, right? right? But we do it to ourselves. And so if you can think in terms of you have this emotional part of yourself that is highly volatile, very sensitive, but is connected to magic. It's connected to – it has superpowers. It has abilities to, to channel things through. it. And in, in music, we connect in with it. In creativity, we connect in with it. It has these amazing abilities, and especially for us hunter types. We have this very strongly. But – If we try to force and control and push ourselves hard, then that part of us just explodes and takes over the controls. And sometimes these are external outbursts. For some of us, we just completely collapse. We we just can't function. I tend to go more in that direction, but I can also do the outbursts. I have both abilities. But when we're in touch with that part of ourselves, when we're kind of in touch with that Ray character inside of ourselves and go, okay, maybe instead of just – pushing super hard on this for six hours and trying to get this goal completed maybe i can go for an hour and then take a break and then like the ray character like watch judge wapner (laughs) that was like yeah definitely definitely what wapner's on four o'clock um then we can find that balance. and again it's going to look different everyone's going to take this and work with it within their own context but and again, journaling as a tool for getting in touch with that rave part of ourselves, like finding that place inside of ourselves that's like, oh, I don't want to do this right now. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling, and instead of going, oh, screw you, you got to keep going, you got to keep going, soften, listen to that part of yourself. Mm. Ign- and I think the big piece is that part of you is connected to magic. That would be my suggestion. Wow. That be, open, is... be open to that pr- perspective.
1: That's amazing I, I I'll be honest with you, when you started on this analogy which inspired you, which lit up something, I honestly didn't see where the connection was going and where and only an author's touch will make you hang in there like you did the way you described it till the end and 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 it just it really did'm I'm, I'm being super honest here i I would have never thought about that as an analogy, um, but that's it. That's you're right. That's it is the Tom Cruise character and there's the voice that's that's super hard on yourself and uh and, and and you're right. The 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 beauty of the movie on how he softens towards the end. And it and I think the way the movie goes and and the way you're describing it is the one thing to pick up from this analogy, in my opinion, tell me if I'm wrong here, is that it was a slow transition, right? You don't go yeah, from right. bludgeoning yourself. I mean, it's as I've always said, you know, I've been this way for 35 years, as my wife, I should say, reminds me. You've been this way for 35 years. You think it's going to change right away? Give, there's another level of self compassion to have, which is give yourself time to get into a routine where you change these inner dialogues you have with yeah. yourself. Use the methods in the book, the meditations, the journaling, the diet, the exercise, all of this again, it all comes back to the things we've talked about in the first year on this program. You do those things and you then say, ah, I am ready because I have now the capacity to train myself because it's hard because you're always going to be for 35 or however old you may be for those many number of years. You're used to your program. You're used to being in a situation and then your internal dialogue is used to talking to you in a certain way. It's going to take time to reverse that. But what a beautiful place to get to when you can.
0: That's right. And
1: I, I think that takes us into something you kind of teased earlier and you've mentioned this before and I just I, – I think it's, it's an absolutely beautiful concept. I, I didn't actually know about Marshall Rosenberg before the book and before talking to you. So tell us, it's a beautiful segue actually, tell us how in, in trying to practice self-compassion, tell us that, about NVC and how this is one of the vehicles that can get us there.
0: Yeah, well, this was the vehicle that got me there. So um, I definitely shout out to my friend Leo Sofer, who we will have on the podcast shortly. Uh, He was studying nonviolent communication. That's NBC. um, And uh, he got me into it. And here's what I found. I mean, I kind of got to the place where I'd read a lot of personal growth work. And and I, I was kind of a little jaded, and especially with a method. There's lots of methods out there, I'm like eh, another method, uh, but what I've come to and i've I've never from from the point I really got into it and I realized he had something going uh, I haven't veered away from this it, Marcia Rosenberg worked out how our emotional bodies work that's just he he figured it out um, so basically nonviolent communication is based on. Uh, We'll call it needs-based awareness. And basically the premise being that there's a part of us – all parts of us are basically in every moment moving towards meeting specific needs. And there's a Mm -hmm. finite number of needs. There's needs like accomplishment, respect, self-esteem, inspiration, rest, ease. They're very – like they're the most atomic – Parts of our psyche. It's it's animals have the same thing. Animals are moving through the world based on meeting their needs. Needs for uh, you know food, rest, shelter. Like we, these are all. It's wired into our animal DNA. And so the trick is with nonviolent communication when you're able to name. A need. When you're with, if you're spinning out on something, you've got you've got a thought of like, oh, I'm too, terror like just like you were saying, oh, I'm terror I'm not. You're never gonna. You're never gonna accomplish. It. When you actually get in touch with that voice and go, what needs is that voice trying to fulfill? You might go, oh, well, actually, there's a need there for accomplishment. Like underneath all that buzz, all that you know, anger and frustration. There's like, oh, I just really have a need for accomplishment, or I have really have a need for self-esteem. You know, I feel like you know I've been going through my life. I'm not accomplishing anything, and I just I you have a need to feel like I'm accomplishing. Something. Like when you touch that, that voice goes, "Yeah, that's that's what I want." And mm-hmm. so his process gets you, but and it's designed more towards interpersonal connection, where you're actually standing up, you're talking to another person, and you're you're basically connecting to their emotional self. Um, But it can easily be then turned into a self-reflective tool, and that's really where I took it. Uh, And again, I think Leo, my friend Leo, was so instrumental in giving me uh, the baseline for this. So if you think in terms of the Tom Cruise character and the Dustin Hoffman character, the Tom Cruise character was very goal-driven. Uh, and he had needs for accomplishment, for respect, for self-esteem. Those were like some of the big needs that were driving him. Whereas Ray had more of a need for rest and play and ease, uh, and routine. He enjoyed like having his routine, everything kind of just in, in the right place and everything situated. And, and what I've know- as I started doing this work, I started thinking about artists that I really respected. And I'd hear about them if they like would have a if they were an actor they were on stage. Some of them were like they'd say, "Oh, he's really difficult to work with. He has all these needs that he has to." Get. But I started to recognize. I used to think, "Oh, that's just you know someone just really being full of themselves." But after I started doing this work, I'm like, "No, actually, this is what they need." This is what they – this is – they're honoring their little – their inner emotional self and they're saying, here's what it needs. And they were like the protector of the part of themselves that was connected to the magic. Hmm. And they knew what the – and it's their like conscious awareness. Their their kind of – their Tom Cruise character was taking care of that part of themselves. And sometimes it would be very obstinate and they'd say, no, this is what I need. I need – you know, I need – I need quiet. Like I've heard performers go on stage and they say, I'm not going to go on stage unless, you know, if it's like a dinner venue, every, all the tables have to be cleaned up. I don't want to hear a glass chink. I need to just be able to sit and be quiet and play. And then they just make the most beautiful music. So it, to me, these are some of the pieces that started to connect in. I went, this is this power of, Using specifically now we're talking about NVC to make that connection with our emotional self See what it needs and then become the protector of it and really start to make decisions based on it versus Fighting against it and it really boils down to that piece. It's like can you stop the inner war? Mm. Can you find a place of softness for these parts of yourself that are slower? They they don't move as fast. They have very specific needs and it's it's at the beginning you know that Tom Cruise character inside you is going to be frustrated it's like oh I, I, it's moving fast it wants to get stuff done now but when you start to soften and find out like what are the deeper needs that are that are alive and at work and can you become a protector of that then what I found and it the book you know writing the book was proof of it like because that was the biggest personal accomplishment of my life of being able to spend that much time on something very tedious it took a long time i went through at least 10 to 15 rewrites um it and it was almost twice as long as it is now Hmm. so it got whitted down all of that i practiced all this in getting so i i'm speaking from experience it's going to look different for you and some of this may be just too much, and some people may just tune out. That's fine. It's, it's not for you right now. But for those of you that are connected in with this, uh, take some of these pieces. See how you can slow down. See how you can, t- to, you can journal to f- make connection with this part of you. And I would say get on Audible audible.com. See if you can find uh, nonviolent communication by Marza Rosenberg. Listen to it. See if that gives you a doorway in. There's even groups, practice groups out there. They're just about in every town. These are some things that you can do to start making this connection.
1: Wow. It's a lot to take in. And there's so much there. Correct me if I'm wrong. One of the imageries I'm getting from, from the beautiful way you're, you're putting these methods, especially nonviolent communication. Um, would I be right? I'm not looking to be right. I just—it's a philosophical discussion. Tell me if this is part of what you mean. If I were to frame it for other hunter types, it sounds like that—that that critical first step in nonviolent communication is communicating nonviolently with yourself first, because yeah. you talked about this inner war, and I think until you do that, then you're not going to be able to practice it with others. Because when you first brought up the topic, I all I picture is, oh, a lot of us hunter types are very passionate. We're very emotion on the sleeve. And socially, yeah. you can tell a hunter type when they're with someone that's not. Uh, they yeah. tend to be the one that interrupt conversations. They tend to be the one that obviously go from topic to topic to topic. Yeah. And, it, and and although that's part of the charm of who we are, and we're not 100% looking to, to subdue that. What i that inner when you mention that inner war that's the meditation I'm about to go talk to somebody. What do I have going on inside? I mean, picture now if you're at a party there's a lot going on. you yeah. know when you're about to go engage socially, what's going on internally for you, and if there is some some v c some violent communication internally, work yeah. on that first and watch the difference when you go interact with somebody. You're going to leave that party. With a much more fulfilled energy and the connections you made because energy is energy and this is just me yeah. editorial opinion is that if you have an inner war going inside, there right. is no way that that's not somehow coming out of your aura. You know what I mean? And yeah. and, and then watch what your conversations are like that night and then other times when you're, when you're practicing this.
0: That's really good, yeah. And and I w- I would add to that that um, the habitual inner negative dialogue is there for most people. Like most mm-hmm. people have, and, sure. it's, and it's unconscious, and it's not something that you're even aware of half the time. So. Part of the awareness comes into being aware of the dialogue, being aware that you're calling yourself a piece of crap, like being aware that like this bring awareness to that dialogue going on internally. And as you become more aware of it, you can start to see, oh, wow, that's and then you your conscious mind then needs to start inserting into the stream of thoughts what you actually mean what you actually want what I, so because those habitual uh unconscious thoughts will always be there it's like it's it's like a, it, i will not say they'll they're always be there but for a while that will be if if you, as you're becoming more aware of the process going on internally that will be there but as you start to insert yourself into that stream with conscious Thoughts and being aware of what's going on internally, you can start making shifts.
1: Absolutely, and one of the other things I want to mention again in the imagery of the party um, is guilty guilty as charged on interrupting people. I still I still have this issue. Has it gotten better as I've transformed, worked on myself? Absolutely, but I for those of you out there, and be honest with yourself. We can all laugh about it. If if you know this about yourself, I want to communicate on someone that tries to work on this all the time. Again, I'm not perfect. Um you may not th- and I and Michael, I was thinking of this literally as I never thought of it this way before. But you may not think of interrupting someone as a violent action because I think that word violent brings about physical imagery. But yeah. we're talking about communication. And yeah. think about that when someone's talking, if you know you're the tunter type that interrupts to say your thought and then they go interrupts and say there, yeah. there, That think about that imagery. There's, it's a little violent. It's jutting. Violent doesn't yeah. have to mean hurt. It's jutting. It's off-putting. It's, it's a jagged edge, as opposed to a smooth path. And so. We, Think about that. Think about imageries like that. And and that violence doesn't mean you violent communication doesn't mean you're cursing someone out. Well, I don't curse yeah. someone out all day. No, no, we're not just talking. Get a little deeper. If yeah. you're one of those like me that has this habit socially to yeah. to interrupt, work on that. If you fi- if you make that even your first goal, it was one of mine, by the way, when I got on the transformational path. That was one yeah. of the things I started to really try to be conscious of. You're going to notice the positive domino effect on other things. So, I just wanted yeah. to give that as, a, as as my thought on what you've said so far and kind of segue us into finishing off here and wrapping up. Um, that was kind of my tip of the day. Give us some sure. of your tips in, in in practicing and working on being more um, self
0: compassionate. Yeah, you know, and that I definitely. And uh, one of the things that popped into mind as we were talking about this was. Um, it, it will segue into uh, I was looking as, as I started making some having some of these revelations about just finding peace with myself and especially these slower parts of myself. I started to like pay attention to people who are very successful in terms especially creatively. I remember hearing an interview with Bono and, and uh, someone asked him like, are you OK with yourself? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm really good with myself. And I, I knew exactly that it was this. He, he understood what he needed personally to, to, to nourish himself. And I think that it, it, there's a direct connection between your ability to do that and your ability to be successful in the goals that you set for yourself. So, with that, uh, I would say here's some specific tips. One, uh, when you're making plans and you're setting, uh, you're planning for your week or planning your goals for the day, um, give all of you a vote, especially the part of you that you tend to judge. It's a little slower, the part of you that tends to take the controls and contract. Instead of bludgeoning it to do exactly what you want, um, see if you can get it to sync up. See if you can, you know, set some boundaries for yourself where you, where you, if you if you tend to hyperfocus, which most of us do, uh, or you're feeling um, you can't even motivate yourself to do whatever it is that you want to do, talk to yourself as you're talking to a child and say, "Hey, let's go for an hour. Let's try this for one hour. Let's work on the taxes for an hour or 45 minutes." Then like then like you can feel it. Like if you get it right, your body will. You feel it in your body. Your body will be like. Ah, yes, okay. I can go forty five minutes. That's doable, and again, always check back in with your body. Your body will tell you whether or not the plan is going to feel good. you're gonna feel connected to it and motivated to do it, and then take a break, come back, and do it again. It always comes back to body awareness and small chunks hundred types this is we are best at doing things in small sprints, and we should schedule our, our lives accordingly. Uh, let's see journaling. So again, speak again, if you have, if you have the book, go to the navigating emotions chapter. I elaborate on all these points. Everything that we just talked about is in the book, in the navigating emotions chapter, specifically, uh, look at the example on journaling, uh, sit down at the computer or a piece of paper and allow yourself to write your gut level feelings. If you're trying to connect in with yourself, you're trying to to tap into this part of you that tends to be resistant or keep from keep you from moving forward allow yourself to write from a gut level experience from your feelings if you're in your head and you're like well i can't do this right now and you're very in your head about it the gut level will be like i hate this i am not enjoying this or i'm really inspired about this that was really fantastic like it is feelings connected and if you, if you can journal try to journal into the place where you can find that level of honesty inside yourself it's very almost primal and it's not going to be a thought and most of us are have been uh, habitually trained to be in our heads And this is a, a, you've got to drop down one level, try to get into your feelings, try to get into what you're actually feeling in that moment. And again, nonviolent communication will very much help you in this process. Um, And then, you know, again, we're finding your motivation. If you're at a job you don't like, you know, and you're at the job and you're feeling miserable, ask yourself, if you're journaling, why are you there? And is it to support your family? I mean, that's a motivation. Like you can connect in with that. There's something valiant about that. That could give you a, a much needed energy in that moment. Um, it could be, you know, if you're at the job you don't like, is it get to give you peace of mind so that when you're at home, you can relax because, you know, your bills are paid, you know, get clear about what's motivating you. And also when you get in touch with it, you're like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe there's another way. You know, I'm trying to get this need met through doing this one specific action. Maybe there's other things I can do to meet the same need. And it could take you on a journey of exploring and reassessing your goals. Um, I'd say overall, so much of this is smarter, not harder. Okay. So I feel in practicing this now for at least since I was 30, so I'm 43 now, so 13 years, um, you're more effective you know, I, I'm exponentially more effective now than I've ever been because I do understand these pieces. I do understand. It doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that I sit down I can't motivate myself to do it, but my ability to get back up, to understand what's causing it, to find my center is so much greater and it has not gone away. It's still there. Like the, the ability, once you start to get in touch with this part of yourself, it's really hard to lose that connection again because you you know, you know what it is. You know that, you know, you're at war with yourself and you're not tuning in and you need to find your way back. So and again, I, I can't stress enough, nonviolent communication, if you can find groups in your area, usually they're just by no donation. It is amazing work. People have gone around the world and gone into very war torn areas with very combative factions and have been able to create some peace and uh it is it, i can't say enough about marshall rosenberg's work it is it's life-changing so um with that i think that's enough and, and again some of you may be listening and going ah, it feels a little woo woo little like i can't find it that's fine but at the end of the day effectiveness is the measure of truth mm. if, try it play with it a little bit you know just set your your doubts aside for a second, explore it a little bit, and see where you see where it gets you.
1: And especially, I, I think what's important here, uh, in my in my humble opinion, just my path. You've talked today a lot about your inspirations and light bulbs that went on for you. You know, practicing self compassion. I kind of mentioned it before. I truly believe that this is kind of your. I don't want to enumerate everything, but like your midway point, your three quarters waypoint on the transformational path. I want to remind you that you can't, and I haven't been able to get to this place unless the diet and the exercise and the routine. There's a lot that comes to this point. So for those of you listening now are like, Oh, I can't, I can't do that. Well, see where you are. If you're just starting out, if you just picked up the book, if you're just starting to listen to us, give, do the first practice of self-compassion, give yourself a break to go through the process, change your diet, work on your exercise routine, then you can, in my opinion, reach this place of the power of self-compassion. Really good stuff today, Michael. I connected with a lot of what you said, and I know our listeners will out there um, as well. Thank you once again, and especially today, you really brought this across in a a very beautiful way. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, Thank you. I really really appreciate it. Your ability to be in the moment with your experience with it—it's always a gift for me to to have this conversation back and forth with you. It's—it's it's excellent. Thank you always so much. Always
1: grateful for it. I, I want to re- do this one quote actually that totally happened to come up in one of these free quote generators that. I've attached my email system that 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 shows up stuff, and this actually came across the other day, and I remember I saved it. I don't even know the person that's credited with, with it, someone named Sanaya Roman Roman, I should say, but I, I I thought this was perfect, so I'll finish up my portion today with this the <clears throat> the degree to which you love yourself will determine your ability to love the other person who will be reflecting back to you many of your personality traits and qualities and I can't think of a better way to summarize how important the power of self-compassion is thank you my friend Michael and looking forward to having Leo on I'm really excited about that
0: yeah yeah he's 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 a he's a very impressive artist for sure
1: upcoming on the drummer on the great mountain podcast always want to remind you we are a small press help spread the word reviews are really helpful share on social media continue to engage with us on facebook as always the two places to leave us reviews for those of you just tuning in itunes for the podcast goodreads for the book we would certainly appreciate that and i hope you go this week we sometimes give homework assignments it's going to be real simple take it easy on yourself and uh, give yourself a break Uh, start practicing that you're going to notice some powerful changes Thank you all as always for listening and spreading the word and being part of our hunter type community. And as we always say, please take care of yourselves and your health. Be well.